You're listening to a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. This is an Allied Health and Nursing Education Outreach Program podcast in collaboration with the Education Hub at the Royal Children's Hospital. Hello, my name is Claire. I'm a clinical nurse educator with the Royal Children's Hospital Allied Health and Nursing Outreach Program. Today I'm speaking with Emma McDonald. Emma is a clinical nurse consultant with the RCH Comfort Kids Program. Emma has held a number of paediatric nursing roles here in Australia and New Zealand. And as well as her role with Comfort Kids, she's an Associate Nurse Unit Manager in Specialist Clinics here at the RCH. Today we're going to be discussing how we can support children and young people with managing pain and distress during challenging procedures. Thanks so much for joining us today to share your expertise, Emma. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Emma, could you start by telling us a little bit about the Comfort Kids program? Who's the team made up of and what kind of service do you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So our team's made up of four clinical nurse consultants. We cover two EFT and we provide a service during business hours at the RCH. So amongst our team, we come from a broad range of backgrounds, including things like oncology or ED experience, ICU, inpatient and outpatient wards. So collectively, we've all worked in a number of different paediatric procedures. The purpose of our program, the Comfort Kids program at the RCH, is to ensure that Every child, every time, has the best possible experience while they're undergoing medical procedures. And we do that by supporting and empowering children and their families, as well as the healthcare professionals that care for the children. And we care for all sorts of children, so both inpatients and outpatients, with any procedure that they might find challenging. So whether that's having a dressing changed, a vaccination, a blood test, or even going to theatre, there's lots of things we can do to help out. We aim to increase comfort, coping and compliance while decreasing pain, anxiety and distress. And the Comfort Kids philosophy is that it's everyone's business to minimise pain, distress and anxiety during routine procedures. So we really encourage and empower clinical staff to champion great procedural pain management. Um, And we can provide them with education or create clinical practice guidelines to support the use of things like basic non-pharmacological or pharmacological techniques while keeping the patient safe and doing that. We also provide a consultative service to assist with planning of procedural support in more challenging clinical situations. So a clinician can refer to the Comfort Kids program for a patient that they might have who has an upcoming procedure and we can create a specific tailored plan for that individual child. So quite a lot. Yeah. So can you talk us through, Emma, what you would consider a successful procedure? Yeah, definitely. And that's a great question because I think often as clinicians, we can get quite task focused and think of having succeeded in a procedure as just having finished the procedure, ticked it off our list and we're able to move on with our days. But a successful procedure really is one that meets the child's needs, where the child's needs are at the centre. The child feels comfortable and empowered with strategies that they can use to minimise fear and distress during that procedure and the parents also feel empowered to support their child and we find that working out how the child's family can best support the process is a really crucial element and has to be tailored to the individual child and their family. So before we start a procedure staff should always feel really well prepared and have a clear approach worked out in consultation with the child and their family. A big part of what we do in Comfort Kids when we're preparing a child for a successful procedure is to advocate and ask questions. So we ask questions like does this procedure need to happen right now? Is there a better way we can do it? Where will it be performed and by who? And so unless a child's critically unwell, often there's time to create a good plan, utilise things that we've got in our toolkit, like maybe numbing cream for a needle procedure, prepare the child with child life therapy, and we'll maybe even watch a video. We've got resources at the RCH that can be accessed widely, like the Be Positive videos. Um, And ultimately, a successful procedure should be one that's better than the last and kind of empower that child to be not only managing the procedure that's in front of them, but 
perhaps anything else that life might throw at them. So what are some of the risks or potential adverse outcomes for children when procedural distress is not managed well? Yeah, so I guess we're asking why does procedural distress matter? And there's a few reasons for that. Particularly children remember the things that happen to them in a hospital and they can hold on to those memories and the feelings associated with them for a really long time in a way that might even shape their future experiences with healthcare. So it's tempting to think of procedures sometimes as isolated events, but each procedure is part of that child's development and can have a significant impact on their relationship with healthcare that might last long into their adult lives. One of my colleagues has a great analogy that she uses where she explains that every child starts their hospital journey as an empty cup and every negative procedural experience adds a little bit more to that cup. And if they have too many, then the cup overflows and it's difficult to get any procedure done at all. That's why it's really important that procedures aren't thought of as one-offs and we try to make every procedure a positive one. We also know that up to 25% of adults have a fear of needles. Most of those fears develop in their early life before 10 years of age. And potentially up to about 10% of the adult population avoid seeking medical care due to fears that they have associated with medical procedures. And obviously that can have some really serious impacts on people's health. It's important when we talk about procedural distress too to remember that not all children display their distress as crying or fighting. Some children might become quite quiet and withdrawn in the face of their distress. And these children in particular can be easily overlooked in terms of the ongoing trauma that they're experiencing. You know, you can see how important it is that we try and get this right as many times as possible. Definitely. So you've mentioned the use of medication a couple of times to support procedures. Where does this fit in? How can we make sure we're choosing the right agent to get the best outcome? Yeah, sedation is definitely one of the tools in the Comfort Kids toolbox. And we're often contacted to help develop a sedation plan for children before their procedures. For clinicians at the RCH, we've got a really great ward and ambulatory sedation procedure, which is a fantastic place to start if you're planning a procedure and you think you might need some medication or pharmacological support. The important question really for any clinician is to ask, what are we hoping to achieve with this medication? Is it pain management? Is it calming anxiety? It might be amnesia or anesthesia that's the goal. And then we would select the pharmacological agent or sometimes multiple agents that would work to help us achieve the identified outcomes. It's always important that if a procedure is expected to be painful, that the child has adequate analgesia as well as sedation. I think that's something that can be easily overlooked. And then when we talk about pain relief, it can be local pain relief, things like numbing cream, or it might be a systemic pain relief like taking some paracetamol. And we can also use physical techniques. So you might have seen things like cooling or counter stimuli. We have at this hospital cool sense or the buzzy bee devices. So sedation as well, though, shouldn't just be viewed as a last resort. It's a resource that can help just like any other medication. A procedure doesn't have to fail for us to consider sedation. And also I like to think that sedation and pharmacological techniques are just one part of the procedural support puzzle. So we should always be using them in conjunction with other non-pharmacological techniques as well. Yeah, there really is a lot to consider. Thinking about that, do you have any sort of key strategies that our listeners could utilise or use in their practice to try and minimise pain and distress during procedures they're undertaking? Definitely. I think the key tool for successful procedures is planning. Time spent planning a procedure will definitely save you time down the track and in the future and potentially even reduce the likelihood of having to repeat an unsuccessful procedure. And the key to good planning is definitely understanding the needs of that individual child and family. So decide together what tools, whether they're pharmacological or non-pharmacological, you'll use. And make sure that everyone who's going to be involved, including the clinicians and the child and family, are all on board with the plan that you've created. We always like to have a plan A and a plan B, and then talk to about when we're going to move from one to the other. And that sometimes just relieves the pressure from clinicians or anyone from pushing forward with plan A when it's not working out. And ultimately, anyone who's got more questions can check out the Comfort Kids website for more information. Well, that's a perfect place to wrap up, I think, Emma. Thanks so much for talking with us today. 
I think this is a really important topic for any clinician that cares for young people and that we should all be really aware of how we can minimise distress during procedures, but mainly that each child is unique and that we need to plan procedures to meet their individual needs. And so some of our listeners um, may also be keen to check out a previous podcast that we did with our child life therapy team, and that talks about preparing patients and families for procedures as well. Lois, thanks so much for joining us. Emma, we really appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for listening. Please view the description section below for more information on this topic. The Education Hub is a collaboration between the Royal Children's Hospital and the University of Melbourne Department of Paediatrics and funded by the RCH Foundation.